What do you do when you befriend your man's ex on social media? You start chatting, become friends, and create a podcast together. And of course, dump his cheating ass. I'm Megan. And I'm Danny, And we're the exes. The show about sex, dating, and everything in between. Okay, so today we are interviewing Maxine Friend, who is an internationally acclaimed psychic median that has been practicing professionally for over uh, 10 years. Now, Maxine has clients from all over the world in places like Europe, Africa, Dubai, Australia, New Zealand, Thailand, India, China, and United States. You've, I feel like you've been everywhere. It sounds like you have. (laughs) Maxine's also a certified life coach with the Life Coaches Federation, and we are so excited to talk to her today. We have so many questions for you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're excited. We're pumped. So first, we kind of want to learn about your job. Yeah. So how did you know you had the ability to be a psychic? Was it something that just kind of came on early in life or something you noticed later on? It came on early in life, but I didn't recognize it as a psychic behavior. When you're four years old picking up what is in someone's home, you don't realize you're different than anybody else. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the main catalysts, when I was 27, my mother passed away and all kinds of activity came to the surface. I was able to communicate with her. Um, All kinds of new manifestations occurred and that encouraged me to start reading up on psychic development and you know I'm a very much type A personality so I had to read everything I could get my hands on and the material really correlated with my experiences Mm -hmm. so I wanted to learn more and it just went off it took off from there so like when you say you were four years old feeling these things did was it like you remember exactly at four years old and then maybe a few years later it happened again or would it happen like every day constantly yeah My memories of four years old, you know, those were instances or memories that I can recall of picking up feelings by, you know, individuals that would, you know, you know, when you're a kid and someone places you on their lap, if you get, you know, good vibes, bad Mm -hmm, vibes, mm -hmm. which I think is most children. Mm -hmm. But I remember distinctively going into homes and picking up energy that would make me really uncomfortable or very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then later on realizing that, that not everyone can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's that. only later on in life that you clue into that. I feel like I can do that. I feel, I feel that's, I don't think I'm as advanced as you are, obviously, but like I, I feel feelings when I go into people's houses or meet or talk with other people and I can't explain it sometimes why I don't want to be there or why I don't feel comfortable with that person. There's no real explanation I have for Mm -hmm. it. I'm just like, I hated going to my grandfather's house when I was younger, hated Mm -hmm. it. And I didn't really know why. And my mom told me as I was growing up that she was abused by him and everything. And it's like, I just picked up on something there mm-hmm. and something from coming from my mother mm-hmm. and I just it was weird I could I felt like that yeah well I tell all of my clients that we are all psychic and that is the truth mm-hmm. and the more we develop it it's like if you have muscles and you go to the gym you're going to develop yourself and become more toned and it's the same with psychicness we're all born with it um, some people it runs through lineages in their family and other people develop it young or naturally Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Like I was going to say, when you mentioned that, um, younger children, they tend to all have that ability to feel like not wanting to be on this lap or I like this lap. And I was going to say, like, I could see that everyone has that kind of like predisposition to, for that ability Mm -hmm. and some just nurture it and some don't. And I think as we get older too, 
like Megan's saying, when she feels those things, we kind of like hush people when they say that. Like mm. I have a feeling about this. It's like, oh my God, you're being crazy. Mm. It's like, well, maybe if you really tuned into it, like you're actually on something there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. do you think that's what happens? Maybe you honed in on it. And so you're, you're now really good at it. Like, as opposed to maybe somebody who was four or three did the lap thing and then was just like, you know, hushing their feelings, putting their feelings away. And if they maybe had like listened to themselves a bit more, they'd be more in tune with, with that. Yeah. And I think that there's further opportunity as adults to develop. I don't think it's too late if you ignore it as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, everybody has that ability to develop and I would just happen to be a kid that could not be told to shut up and <laughs> would persist Type with my a. feelings. Absolutely. Type A You also said sometimes it's a, um, in your lineage. Like, yes. Uh, do you have anyone in your past that you know that also has that kind of ability or they've tuned into that ability? Or yes. Into, like, well, my sister is a practicing professional psychic as well. Oh, cool. And our grandmother read tarot, which oh, wow. we only found out after she passed away. Oh, so, wow. so we don't know actually how far back in our lineage it goes, but we do know our grandmother read tarot as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. really cool. Um, when did you know this was going to be something you could make a living out of? Because I know you said four and then in your 20s. So when yeah. did you realize you could be like, oh, I can do this every day? I have well, a gift. I, I want to use it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I was told for years by, I would go to psychics and they always said, you're going to be this professional psychic and I had a, <laughs> I had a very corporate career you know up until 2013 um, so you know I rejected the concept of ever going full-time as a psychic I wanted to be taken seriously right and um, it wasn't until about 2007 that I decided you know what I'm going to just try it. I'm going to buy a pack of tarot cards. So I never played with tarot cards as a child. Nothing like that. I would have feelings. My friends all knew to ask me questions. Mm -hmm. But I never picked up a deck until 2007. Oh, wow. And I started just offering free readings for friends and family. And it took off. Everyone wanted a reading. And it was utterly terrifying to charge. Mm. I mean, that was terrifying. It's like, how, how dare I mm-hmm. charge someone for something fun right. that I actually love doing? Mm-hmm. But then once that um, took place, I just thought, oh my gosh, this is the dream. You know, this yeah. is, you know, you get to, in this form of spirituality, hopefully be of service and assist people for their highest good and healing. And that's the intention placed right. with it. Um, and I realized that this was a, a medium that agreed with me where I could be of service. Awesome. Yeah. I so love that. cool. Um, do you have moments where you can't get a read on someone? Because like, I might come to you and you'd be like, I'm not getting anything or like. That would be you, so scary. That's only happened twice. And I was able to pick up. Uh, well, it's not me, I should say. I'm just the conduit for the energy of spirit to run through me. I should mention that. Mm-hmm. But it both times was um, where the client asked me to read someone that was very, had, um, how would we say this, not evil person, but someone who had spent time in jail and had done okay. very questionable actions on earth. Okay. Um, so my spiritual guides operated as bouncers and said, nope. This energy can't come in. So oh, wow. it wasn't a question of... <laughs> that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> it wasn't a question of um, not getting anything, but it was a question more of this energy was not welcoming. Like a protection. Yeah, it was a protection. protecting your energy. Yeah. 
So, How did you relay that to the yeah, person asking? You're like, hey, just completely they don't like honest you. and just said, um, we know that this person has been involved in this case in illegal activities and questionable moral behavior in this case with children. Oh, and wow. so we're not going to go any further into that mm-hmm. as it does impact me as, mm-hmm. as the person passing through the message. And they said, you're absolutely right. That was the case. And I respect your choice to not pursue that. So, so then can, do you, do they pay you for that? Or are you just like, no, that was just one small segment of a oh. 90 minute session. Oh, gotcha. So that was just one area, but that's a good question. Mm. <laughs> um, I was like, am I, is that rude? To ask? <laughs> no, because obviously if, if that were to ever happen, say you're not getting anything clearly in 10 years, that's not happened. Mm-hmm. But if it did, of course I would never charge the person. Yeah. When you're saying, um, you're, you're sorry, I said it's wrong. Spirit guides, mm-hmm. correct. When they're telling you something are, do you actually hear the voice say something or is it like just like an overall feeling or is there like an actual voice you're hearing? Mm. It comes in a variety of different ways. Okay. And uh, so there's there's a bunch of descriptors in the psychic world like clairaudiences when you can hear. It's oh, like a cool. voice in your head. Cool. And mm. sometimes clairvoyance is one that's popular where you can just sort of see an image in your head like a daydream when you're driving. Right. Mm-hmm. Comes in like that. There's... Claire ambience. So if you can taste, you can hear, you can feel, you, you can taste. Know. Yep. It's like you're in the setting kind of almost. Yeah. There's Crazy. many, many Claire's. And do you, do you touch on all those yourself in your practice or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It just depends on what, who you're tapping into, how they, how that happens to manifest at that time. So cool. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Do you often come up, like get someone who's very, um, resistant and doesn't believe in any of it and doesn't really is it does that make it difficult to actually get a feel for them or a read for them uh, I don't get that anymore only because a lot of times uh, my clients have to wait mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> in order to see me so mm-hmm. if you're a non-believer you're not going to have the patience to wait, to, wait right. to, to sit there and not believe right um, but of course at the beginning yeah, you get people who have their arms crossed and go, okay, go, tell me what you've got. And it is frustrating because you basically don't have their permission energetically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does. <laughs> and just like in any profession, if you're getting someone who's non-cooperative or non-supportive in what you do for a living, definitely, they're not going to be receptive to anything you have to offer. Yeah. Right. Even so. if you're like nail on the head, they're just going to, yeah. Yeah. Um, just to like jump back then when you when you first started you mentioned that you were communicating with your mom yes how was um first off that's amazing mm-hmm. how um in what way were you able to communicate? was it like were you able to speak to her and hear her voice or was it just like a feeling that she was around you or like how did that kind of like come into fruition that's a good question um uh, she's come to me in a variety of ways but one of her favorite ways is to give me songs because she was huge into music and she was an incredible mother and an incredible matriarch for my sister and myself she was a single mom oh, wow. worked really hard and basically dedicated her life to us and our well-being wow. so she was an incredible mother and uh, she loved music of all genres and all kinds. Awesome. And so she'll, you know how you get a song in your head? <clears throat> mm-hmm. I'll get a song in my head, and if I look up the lyrics, I'll burst out laughing and go, okay, mom. So, so cool. Yeah. That's one of the ways. Do you, do you hear a voice, though? Ever? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with her, no. 
Um, she'll come in through dreams and talk to me or through meditation she'll talk to me. Mm. So she'll come in and I'll see her and we'll talk. Okay, but not just like you're sitting here and I'll see you hear her voice talking. It's more so with like... No. Yeah, in certain scenarios. Does it make you feel kind of like at peace when you when you hear it? Or does it make yeah. you upset? Or is it more of a peaceful thing? I'm nodding and we're on a recording. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's nodding. Nobody, <laughs> nobody can hear my nod. I think we're all doing it. Like, we're like all intently staring each other's eyes, smiling and nodding. Yeah. But like, just so you guys know that there are things happening here. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, she's, you know, it brings a lot of peace, mm-hmm. you know, because she was an incredible woman. So to know that when we cross over, at least in my opinion and in my experience, that the energy does not die. Like the mm-hmm. physical body, the vessel does, but the, the energy does not. Yeah. Right. And it lives on. And you can feel that frequency of love. And it's so assuring and comforting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And that I'm so sorry, awesome. I don't like to dwell on this too much, right? I think it's so cool. But um, <laughs> when, how did it first, like, was it a song at first? You're like, hmm. And then you're like, I think this is my mom. Or like, how did you know that like that was your mother communicating with you? You said at 27 when she passed away, it kind of came into. Oh, there was so many manifestations for my sister and I after she passed. Um, one that comes to a recollection was <laughs> I just moved into her. We had her condo empty Okay. Uh, for months after she passed. And I decided to move in. And the first night, I climbed into her bed, and at exactly midnight, the stereo went on full board. Wow. Oh, my oh God. I think that would scare most people. Yes, I'd 100%. Yeah, I'd be like, But I just, I knew it was her. Yeah. And she was letting me know she was there with me. Because I was missing her. God, you and your sister would just go into that house and be feeling all kinds of stuff. Right. Because you guys both have this. Yeah. It's a hot spot. Um, she was from Montreal, so we went to Quebec City in Montreal about six months after, and literally everywhere we went, the buskers would play her favorite music. Wow. Um, and the phone would ring, and we would pick it up, and there would be no one on the other line. It would just Crazy. be an open line, so it wasn't so a deadline cool. yeah. or no like a... You know, it was like an open line where no one spoke. Oh, uh, that's okay. <laughs> See, we like kicked up. We were like happy. So, that's- so, yeah, there was a lot of things that took place. When that first happened, like who connect connected is that the right term connected to your mom first or your sister or you got the same time come together and like oh, hey i've both, also yeah we both yeah my sister nina is very psychic and very gifted um and very much can can tap into mom's energy just as much as i can cool yeah that's so cool very cool yeah. Okay, so speaking of energy, um, if you're in a room with a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people have asked you this, but I'm interested. Um, if you're in a room with a lot of people, are you feeling a lot of energies or is that overwhelming or are you, are you able to just turn it off in those situations? This is a good question. Um, I was mentioning to you guys, I just got back from India. Mm-hmm. Right? So there is no place in the world with more sensory overload than India. Really? It's I an incredible, I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah, I want to go there so much. It is a gorgeous place and I recommend that everybody goes. But in terms of sensory overload, it was overwhelming. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But over the years, you can learn to open yourself up to the field of energy and also shut down your energy, which does help. Which Mm -hmm. you kind of did in that situation with uh, the guy who had been in jail and that sort of thing. It it shut down, right? Yes. But that wasn't your doing. It's different, right? You're saying like for you to go into an overload sensory, you decide to be like, okay, you know what? Like I don't, I need to like not take as much in as Um, opposed to your spirit guides stopping it or. If you're in a sensory overload situation, you're going to feel a little overloaded. 
especially in a place like India, mm-hmm. um, when it came to the reading with someone who, you know, could be like a questionable energy, for lack of a better word, because mm-hmm. there are no bad people, by the way, just different points of learning. Mm-hmm. So this was someone got- who had major lessons ahead of them. That was, uh, you know, prior to the reading, there's a lot of prayers and intentions mm. and protection uh, placed. So because that was instilled prior to the session, mm-hmm. there was that protection in place for right. that energy was not welcome. The frequency did not match. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So if you are putting yourself in a certain frequency, like the three of us are vibing at the same three frequency, mm-hmm. someone with a lower frequency would no longer be a match. Right. Interesting. And that's what was that's happening cool. Cool. with this gentleman that right. was not coming in, just right. to make that clear. Um, on the same like idea, say you were like on a bus, do you like <clears throat> look at someone and you're like, a reading off them, reading off them, reading off them? Or like, do you ever have like an urge to go to someone and be like, hey, I've felt this about you? Or is it like, maybe not because you're going to get, you don't know how to respond? It's just not the most ethical thing to do. And of mm-hmm. course, there isn't a rule book with being psychic, you know, it's this very unregulated industry. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you, you know, people who watch Long Island Mediums that are <laughs> developing their abilities, they will walk up to someone and start sharing and that can be very invasive Mm -hmm. so to answer that question i would never do that okay um it's happened once or twice um there always are extenuating circumstances of course right but as a general rule no i would never just walk up to someone and share messages unless i had their permission Mm -hmm. right since we you basically just said my question um we were talking about stereotypes and and that comes with with danny's job and with yours as well you said it's an unregulated profession yeah um what kind of stereotypes do you get from this job um i don't know if i get them anymore it's such an interesting industry to be in which has, you know, really changed in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started out in this industry, it was very behind closed doors and no one talked about it. And if you were psychic, it was hush hush. Why is that? Because it was just, just it's always down. been people uh, think it's hokey for the most part. Yeah, right? people and have very judgmental ideas of it. Exactly. And now we're stepping into an era where we're all as a collective raising our vibration and more and more of the younger generations are receptive to reading energy. So now it's almost trendy to be a psychic Mm -hmm. and it's become trendy to be, to want to read energy and um, to be, you know, to, to naturally use your intuitive abilities to enhance the quality of your life. So that's fantastic. Yes. Um, So that's been exciting. Would you attribute that too with like, I mean, not in recent years, but yoga has really like take, become more mainstream as well. And it seems like everyone is more in tune to doing yoga and meditation. Do you think that would be attributed to people's willingness to go that step further with their like seeking of, I don't know the word, energy approval or <laughs> improval? <laughs> Improve? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I think a lot of that can stem from people wanting to get quiet. We mm-hmm. live such busy, full overstimulated lives and so we'll seek things like yoga and meditation to get quiet Mm -hmm. and of course if you get quiet enough 
and you get still enough, that intuition and those beautiful messages can now come forth. Right. And then that becomes even more interesting to the person who got quiet. Because mm-hmm. not only did they get quiet, but now they can hear something. Yeah. Ooh. Wild. Ooh. <laughs> so deep. <laughs> Do you meditate daily? Um, you know, I, w- I don't meditate as much as you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'm very type A, but I have been able to quiet my mind. And I always find time to meditate, even if it's only for three minutes. Mm-hmm. And um, if, if it's before a client, I always spend at least 10 to 20 minutes. Really, just clearing your mind, Absolutely. relaxing, quieting yes. everything down. Yes. Yeah, it is hard when you're type A. Yeah. You know, this yeah. Shut the mind down. It's hard. But it's so therapeutic. Oh, totally. Sure. Yeah. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. When you are doing these readings for people, do you ever feel about pressure to get 100% accurate all the time? Like, do you ever worry about getting things wrong? I think they're always, that's, you know, obviously the ego wants to be right. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is when you step into the realm of spirit, there isn't any ego. I know that sounds a bit strange. Mm-hmm. So imagine if you put your ego aside and just allowed messages to come through. Mm-hmm. Of course, at the end of the session, you hope, and it's the intention to bring huge value um, to your client and to provide them with those loving messages that can hopefully improve the quality of their life. That's the intention. So is there pressure uh, to be successful? Yes. Mm-hmm. But when you're conducting the reading, you don't feel the pressure at all. Right. You just give the Speak. reading. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel hesitant to say, say you got some a negative um, or like what the person might perceive as negative? Do you ever feel reluctant to share that with them? That's a really good question because as <laughs> psychics, we have a responsibility to deliver a message. And it's not our job to judge the message that comes in because that's mm-hmm. a judgment and that's right. ego. But we do have a responsibility to deliver the message in a way that helps your client, not right. scares the shit out of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Person's not there to get freaked out. So there's, you know, so say, for example, we're seeing some darkness around them from a medical perspective. Maybe they need to get a breast looked at. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at you. I feel like I was direct to look reason. at my breast implants. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're gorgeous, Thank by you. the way. <laughs> and, you know, so someone is going to be immediately afraid. Mm-hmm. So you may want to talk to them and say um, that if this is an area that has been of concern, that they might want to get that looked at. Mm-hmm. And then also talk about what emotional com- uh, components that could create that manifestation. For example, the breasts mm-hmm. are where we feed <clears throat> children. And it's an extremely nurturing part of the body. So typically women who do manifest breast cancer are the most giving, incredible, loving women you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. Same with anything to do with the cervix. Same mm-hmm. thing, right? These, mm-hmm. are, these are areas where we give birth to children and we, we give life. Mm-hmm. And they're very nurturing parts of the body. So right. typically if we do manifest something in our body, what is it that we're holding on emotionally that we need to release or let go of. So, so there's an approach that you can take with a message that can be empowering while still delivering the message. Mm-hmm. Right. I actually have a lot of um, a lot of baby dreams, um, and I have for the past probably like ten years. Not every night, but like 
just during certain points in my life, I'll have these always baby dreams. And like either I have a baby or I'm pregnant or I think I'm pregnant. It's all surrounding that. And I always wake up with the most, the feeling of the most peace ever. I had one the other night and I was just, I just had like a big baby bump and I was just, I felt so peaceful in the dream and I felt so peaceful when I woke up as well. It's just funny that you're saying that. It just made me think of these dreams I have. And every time I have them, I wake up and I'll tell someone cause I, I'm like, oh my God, I had a baby dream. And they're like, oh, you must be having a baby. I'm like, no, I, I'm not. But I feel really like the birth peaceful is, or something. But there's, when you think of a child and you think about pregnancy, it's incubation. Mm-hmm. It's the birth of something new. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it may manifest itself as a child in your dream. Mm-hmm. But remember, the subconscious is always working through our deepest fears in the conscious plane. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So if you're in incubation with a new idea, a new mm-hmm. project, a new book, a new podcast, <laughs> it's, it's an incubation, have, right? I think I had the dream either the day before or the day after we released the podcast. Wow, it was last week. The, that's what it is. I, I look them up all the time, so I, I thought that's probably what it was too. But mm-hmm. Crazy. Cool. I, I have pregnancy dreams literally not like that. I have pregnancy dreams every day before I get my period. Like Really? The day before my period starts, I'll have a dream that I'm pregnant. And I'll be like, I'm getting my period today, and it happens every time. That's for the so last, crazy. Since I start getting my period. And if you think about what cycles are so important to women and they correlate with the moon's cycles and you know the actual menstrual cycle is you know <coughs> sorry <laughs> you got you feel a cough break cough break sorry you're you know shedding the menstrual lining mm-hmm. which makes it possible to create life Mm-hmm. So to think of children within that cycle would be completely natural as a woman. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? Speaking of just going on a, um, an offshoot there, speaking of women being impacted by the moon and how much women and men are different, are is there a difference in reading men and women? Is one easier to read? Does it come in different ways? Does it gender impact? I mean, no, no. we're not allowed to specify gender, no. but let's predict. Um, <laughs> gender does not impact um, at all. And I, I have quite a few... Uh, clients that are men. Um, I have more clients that are women. I'd have to look at the stats more recently. Um, but th- quite a few clients of all ages, of mm. all backgrounds, they could be CEOs, lawyers, doctors, mm-hmm. sex workers, mm-hmm. um, radio announcers, radio announcers, <laughs> <laughs> Um, even police investigators, uh, really there is no, there's no boundary and there's no cultural boundary and there's no religious boundary either. Cause energy is energy, right? Yep. It's, everyone it's has it. it. Yeah. Regardless. To go on another offshoot there. <laughs> You're saying that my mind's just going when you said, um, like police investigators and that, I don't even know if it's really that true, but say police investigators <laughs> used psychics for a case. Is there some kind of like morality issue there? or ethic Uh, issue issue uh, there? Absolutely. Um, I have a strict protocol with that. Um, There's a great company out of Arizona called Find Me, Mm. which works with missing persons. um, And they're an investigative body that works with 80 psychics from around the world, a forensic team, Mm. a canine team, and retired um, police officers. Crazy. And so I normally uh, will direct them. It's not my area of expertise, um, if I, I have worked in numerous cases, 
Um, I will say, though, I've never charged. Mm. Um, it is not an area of expertise, so mm-hmm. it's, it's not something I feel confident in working with. But I will impart anything that comes through. But normally I will direct them to that type of organization because psychics can sometimes do more harm than good. Uh-huh. Um, but there are many talented psychics that are doing beautiful work in this arena. Um, I've done some volunteer work with this organization. I personally found the work way too difficult. It was mostly body imagine. recovery. So oh, it, was, wow. it was as beautiful as the work is. It was a little too draining, um, impacting for me. Yes. Right. Why do you think um, psychics can sometimes do more harm than good in these situations? Because uh, imagine if you're desperate mm-hmm. and your daughter's missing mm-hmm. and you don't even believe in a psychic, but you're so desperate you'll pay anything and do anything to find them. And you go to a psychic and the psychic says, I'm sorry, she's dead. Yeah. What if they're wrong? Mm-hmm. Right. Right? And, um, you know, or the, or keep the, um, them alive by saying, yes, they're alive. Right. Um, and keeps that hope alive. And then that client keeps coming back to them mm-hmm. to feed more information. So it's unfortunate that this is a highly unregulated industry. Mm-hmm. Um, there are tons of psychics doing really beautiful work out there. Mm-hmm. I have the privilege of knowing many of them, mm-hmm. but there are some people that will take advantage of situations. And being a psychic, you have a responsibility to look at someone, and if they're desperate, they're not receptive, rather the message is positive or negative. Right. So typically in missing person type situations, the person's approaching you out of desperation. And that's where you got to be careful and draw a line right in my humble opinion right (laughs) totally yeah um i know you probably don't want to say names but who's the most interesting person you've read has it been a recent reading or was it a long time ago or what made it the most interesting oh my gosh that would be difficult because i have the privilege of reading so many incredible men and women from all over the world and um i'm i'm astounded daily by the stories and the experiences that I have the privilege of ex- of witnessing through spirit's eyes, mm. so that would be really challenging to to narrow that down. Right, I, I would love that. your job. I love gossiping and knowing people's like inner inner <laughs> secrets. Like, I love just sit there and be like, "Oh, really?" Like, as I find out more about people, I would love well, what's, that. What's interesting is when you're channeling information. You don't retain it because it doesn't come from you. So when oh, spirit is giving you information, it kind of flows through you. It just flows through you, and of course, all all readings are confidential. Mm-hmm. So you're you're. It's sort of like it. It just stays with spirit, not with you. Interesting. Mm. Very cool. Yeah, that is very cool. Let's go to relationships. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's do it. So okay. I imagine that your dating experience is probably a little different than ours because you have this extra layer. Like, I definitely have gut instinct, but I totally ignore it all the time. <laughs> and I'm sure you, with your ability to read people, has maybe helped or hindered. So have you ever been on a first date and like read the person a little bit and then were like, hey, no, not feeling this, or read someone and you're like, this is potential? Um, I've made profound mistakes in relationships. Good, you're with us. <laughs> Just like everyone else out there because you want, you know, the way that spirit describes it to me is we're here to learn. That mm-hmm. earth is like this gigantic classroom. 
So as a psychic, you know, because the joke is always, oh, you must have known that already. But the reality (laughs) is you're here to learn just like everyone else. Mm -hmm. So you're going to screw up just like everyone else. Um, But yeah, you have an idea right away of, yes, this is going to work on that first date. Mm -hmm. Or nope, um, Mm -hmm. this is going to end like yeah. Danny was saying, I think we have that a lot and we definitely choose to ignore it. Definitely. Especially when it comes to love and those mm-hmm. sorts of things. We love ignoring that gut feeling. Yeah. I know yeah. I've done that for sure. Well, I'm in the business of not ignoring it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> teach me. Yeah, teach us. <laughs> um, so are the men you date usually really curious about your job or are they freaked out by it? Like, how do they feel when they learn your job? Um, well, I'm not currently single, but when I was... Um, it's very interesting how open-minded people are mm-hmm. uh, about it. And so typically if someone is really turned off by it, you know, they're obviously not going to stick around. And that really has not been my experience. Mm-hmm. I've had all kinds of other experiences <laughs> that maybe weren't positive, but that wasn't one of them. You know, it's always been very supportive in the arena of what I do. Right. Yeah. When we spoke before about like stigma around, around your industry, as well as my industry. And a lot of men that have dated me, they like the idea of dating a sex worker, but introducing me to people was an issue. Because they, and in, in at least in my industry, you'd be naive to think that your stigma is not carried on to whoever you're with. They also get a stigma of dating a sex worker, yeah. unfortunately. Has that ever been experienced as a psychic? The stigma you carry sometimes gets transferred onto your partner, or is that an issue they've had before? Um... Not directly, but I've noticed, uh, I think there was one time I was introduced as a life coach Mm. instead of a psychic, which I am a certified life coach. And I just smiled to myself because, you know, when I go through airport security, I don't say I'm a psychic because I'm a Nexus pass holder. I just say I'm a consultant. And that's on all of my legal paperwork is that I'm a consultant. So it doesn't bother me. Um, I can't say I've had anyone introduced I have been introduced in corporate situations as a coach and it doesn't offend me at all. It's like, I get it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't upset me. But if I could never date someone who wasn't supportive of what I did or they don't have to believe in it, but they just have to get it right in the sense that this is service, you know, for the good of people. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So, so if they didn't get that, then there would be a complete disconnect. Yeah. Right. And then to kind of like, Sorry, what's the word I'm looking for? I am so not here today. I so apologize. Um, filter, filter, filter. Okay, sorry. Filter's the word. Okay. Okay. So in order to kind of filter out people that may not support what you do for a career, do you tell people right away on a date what you do? Yes. Or is there kind of a waiting period, wait it out, feel them out first? No, I tell them right away. And they're going to find me. They're going to find me Oh, yeah. True. You are pretty big on Google. Google. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you just look up Maxine Psychic, it's going to be there. Right. So, um, and, and it's nice, actually. I don't know if you have this, Danny, but it's nice if you just say it because it filters them out. 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. That's something I say, too. Um, and I might see a lot of people do not tell people what they do. Unfortunately, because of stigma. A lot of girls I know who dance industry for years, their family doesn't even know what they do, right? But I've always felt the same way like you just said I'm going to tell you right away that I'm a sex worker because odds are if you're going to have an issue with that we're not going to get on anyways because yeah. I'm a very um, 
overtly sexual person. I'm a very open person. So if you're already judging a woman on hallelujah, her, yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> then, you know, we're not going to agree on a lot of things. Yeah. So may as well exit stage. Right. I think that <gasps> happens even with just being yourself in general, people, mm-hmm. women, I'm just going to speak on the women's side. Women are afraid that a man's not going to like them mm-hmm. if they're not what the man wants. Yeah. And it's like, well, why would you want him? Yeah, exactly. It's going to seep through eventually who you really yeah. are. It comes out. You can't hide it forever. No. Yeah. So you might as well just be yourself. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. completely correct in all of these aspects. Right. Yeah. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. This is a lame question, but I wanted to ask it anyway. Um, <laughs> can you see kind of like ahead in the future to if your relationships will work out? Do you get a vibe on it right away? Or is it just something that you feel as time goes on with that person? Uh, I would say that you normally know if it's going to work or not. Like you or just like... Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. That is um, so intimidating. I'd be so scared to go on a blind date with him. Like, she's going to hate me in the minute. She's like, like, well, I've got about three months, but yeah. let's make the most of it. it. It actually sucks because then you always have anxiety if oh. you want to be with the person. Yeah. And then there's always the stomach flip and the anxiety of feeling deep down that this may not be a fit. Mm-hmm. It's like, have you ever seen Black Mirror? There's Love like Black Mirror. Yes. Maxine, no? no, get on it. Um, <laughs> there is an episode that it's like a uh, so be like futuristic dating app, and you get matched with someone, and then it shows you how long you're supposed to be together for like three years a day, and then you go live with that person for that amount of time, and yeah. every day it clicks off like how many more hours you have with that person. Wow, that was and such that's a good episode. It was, yeah, so you need yeah. to watch it. Listeners need to watch it. Yeah, shout out to yeah, Black Mirror, sponsor us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's why I was just picturing you meet someone. Sponsor us. <laughs> Savage. I was just picturing you meeting someone that's like, you have eight years with this person. You're like, okay. You're great. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like it's not quite see, that. I don't see that far ahead, but I can say that um, with the partner I'm currently with, I don't have any anxiety or stomach flu. Oh, that's lovely. So that's amazing. It's very amazing. That you have that. It must be such a... Relief. Yeah, you can just breathe a sigh of relief. You don't have to feel that way. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's very new, um, but it's very exciting to to just have that peace of mind and not have that anxiety. Definitely, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's all, what all of us want. Like for me, I just want consistency, and I want like calmness with you in knowing that like you're down for me mm-hmm. and unconditional love. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's what everyone and wants. And trust. And trust, absolutely. So. Not we can't give advice on anything. Let's be honest, but you can. So <laughs> we can try. <laughs> yeah. Um. So do you have advice on how to like energetically get over an ex? Yeah, that's a really good question, um, and that it actually plays into the energy of modern day. So when we talk about social media, every text, every phone call. Every time you creep on someone's social media, you are receiving an energetic download of that person, Mm -hmm. right? So if you think of a text, it's an energetic transmission. Mm. So you could be broken up with someone, but if you keep creeping their Facebook or their Instagram or whatever, um, and you're going back on those previous texts or holding on to those voicemails or whatever it happens to be, you are keeping in that energetic escrow so to speak Mm -hmm. of that energy so you can never really get past them because you keep recreating it into your present Mm -hmm. so one of the things that um, spirit normally recommends is to release a lot of that energy whether that be you know you're friends with them on social media you're holding on to 
voicemails, texts, um, because it, it just becomes more challenging. Yeah. And there are, you know, prayers of intention. There's a wonderful exercise called cord cutting. Because no. if you think about when we connect with men, women, transgender, however you choose to identify, um, anytime you're sexually involved with someone, you are exchanging DNA with them. Mm-hmm. Their energy actually circles through into yours. Mm-hmm. So it takes time <laughs> to energetically release them. Yeah. And that's why sometimes men and women feel like that ex person has a hold on them and they just can't release it. Um, so when we set intentions, whether that be a prayer or a meditation, we can do energetic cord cutting. Um, we can, you know, energetically release them from our social media, from our devices. Mm-hmm we have a far better chance at releasing them energetically and to release them and to move forward with our lives. That is one thing I do. Denny and I have talked about this in the past. Like when I am done with a boyfriend or when we break up or whatever, I get rid of them on social media, everything. Like I delete, I sometimes block depending on who they are, just (laughs) get rid of it. And because I feel like um, I don't want to ever think they can possibly message back, message me or whatever. Cause I feel like then they're still there, yeah. but I felt, and I think I said this to you too, with the most recent guy I broke up with, he's kind of still only, only in the past couple months have I really felt like it's been gone, like mm-hmm. released. Mm-hmm. And now that you're saying that energy, I feel like it took that long for mm-hmm. his energy just to be released from me or however, however you want to say it. But I always cut them off with the with the social media and everything. Pictures of them, letters, all go like away. Everything. Um, so I'm, I was always like, why can't I just like get rid of it? And but that's probably what it was. And we have to be compassionate with one another because it does take time, especially when we're very emotionally invested. Mm-hmm. So it's like we have to unpack that. And then if you have objects of them of theirs that mm-hmm. you're staring at or wearing or looking at or owning mm-hmm. then that would also play into that as well so funny because like when sorry I, I just had to say this it was just right here in my head when I would like he would he bought me some things and I would use it all up and when I would use it and throw it away I'd be like okay bye and I would say his name bye whatever and I would throw it away and almost felt like therapeutic to do that with everything that he gave me or whatever it was anyway just felt like saying that i'm the total opposite of that i literally like well i stay friends with a lot of my exes and i keep their stuff i just i don't care and i don't think it hinders me from moving on maybe it does in a different way or maybe i've just moved on with them already um i want your opinion on that but first a funny story about keeping someone's clothes I had an ex when I was like, I don't even know how long ago, many years ago, like five years ago, six years ago. And he played hockey for my university and I had his university hockey hoodie. And when he broke up, he was like, I want that back. And I was like, fuck you. So I kept it and I still have it <laughs> six years later. And I ended up taking a random summer course a year ago. So it's like five years after we broke up. And I just like didn't care to wear anything that day. It's like, it's like kind of like a, it's worn in perfectly. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to wear it to class, first class, whatever. And he graduated six years ago from university and we just he walked into the room and I was wearing his hoodie six years later I was like are you serious if there is a god he hates me like I'm wearing his, it's like I've worn every day since you left me like so embarrassing but anyway did he say anything to you uh, he was like hey I was like hey 
<laughs> it doesn't sound like you were holding on to him. Not remotely. It's really like that you hoodie. legitimately <laughs> just loved the shirt. I really like. I didn't like him as a person. I like that hoodie. <laughs> but I'm wondering. Not I mean, not so much him, but in pretty much every relationship I've been in, unless they cut the ties, I kind of keep people around. I keep them on my social media. I've never blocked people, um, part ex partners and that, and I've stayed really good friends with some of mine. Is that hindering me in some sense? Like, I don't feel it is, but is it some way I don't know? Or do some people just have an ability to not need to cut off too energetically, move on? Well, that would be personal to you if you're looking at their social media and wondering what they're up to and still holding on to some idealisms with them, then maybe they're hindering. But if you're just over them and you're friends and you don't mind being friends with them, it sounds like that, that means that the romantic aspect is right. gone right? and you're able to have a friendship with them now at this time. So it doesn't mean that in over to in order to get over an ex, you have to delete them from your life. That's not what I'm saying. It's, but it's just, more so why the reasoning why you're keeping them in your life. Like if it is because yeah, you're just, investing it, into that. It comes down to why are you keeping them in your life? I'm friends with exes as well, and there's no ill will there, <laughs> right. and it's all in the past. But sometimes if we are holding on to them in a non-positive, right, and looking at their social media not because not in for healthy reasons right. that's when that would apply and that's personal to the individual mm-hmm. right yeah okay cool i have some exes from like six seven years ago on my shit <laughs> like i don't care about them i think it's almost nice to look back at people and been like see hmm, they got fat yeah i wonder what you're <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah you <laughs> gained 20 pounds good <laughs> he hasn't found love yet <laughs> but always my most recent ones i always get deleted yeah. yeah. You're um, getting deleted. <laughs> so also, okay, on the flip side of that, do you have advice on how to energetically welcome love into your life? Another really wonderful question, and there's a variety of ways to do that. And the obvious one now, especially with the law of attraction being so rampant and so mainstream into our life, mm-hmm. you want to be in the right mental space mm-hmm. and, and, and be in the right state of mind to welcome it in a very legitimate, sincere way. You know, mm-hmm. if you're all, I don't need a man to validate me, mm-hmm. and you're walking around but secretly really wanting love, that's that conflicts mm-hmm. what you're asking to be brought in. So right. there is no wrong answer. Mm-hmm. We don't need men or women or whatever to validate us, but it's a matter of asking and getting very clear with what you want. Mm-hmm. And I know we were talking at the beginning before we were recording about practicing non-attachment as well. So mm-hmm. we talk about, you know, manifesting and we all know about it and we all know about dream boards and but we also know that once you set an intention, you have to let it go mm-hmm. and practice um, the idea of non-attachment meaning are you going to be okay if you're by yourself for the rest of your life, are you going to be okay by yourself? Can you love yourself enough to have a fulfilling life? Mm-hmm. Right. And that can be the very point now where there can be an entryway and a pathway to love mm-hmm. that can come from outside of yourself now that it's been gained from within inside of yourself. Right. Yeah. So your mental state, absolutely. Practicing non-attachment. You can also... 
uh, practice energetic placement of your home. So we know a little bit about feng shui. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Eastern and Western philosophies attached to that. So there are ways that you can arrange, you know, the furniture in your home. So, you know, if you look at the other side of your master bedroom, Mm. you know, on the other side of the bed, is it filled with clothes? Mm -hmm. Is it filled with an incumbent bike? (laughs) Is there room for someone to walk to the other side? Is there lights like working on each side of the bed? Are your bed sheets new and silky or are they an abomination and <laughs> you'd be embarrassed if a dude came over yeah right oh, so that's what you're welcoming into your exactly so you're setting yourself up literally your physical objects your mind your body mm-hmm. so i just put some trojans spirit. beside my bed hey i'm gonna get some good sex yeah, I found a bunch of expired condoms when I was moving, oh, and I thought that's really bad energy. Yeah, yes. expired condoms. In my Don't these condoms take like five years? I feel like a long shelf life. So, so that's that's, cool. that's a perfect example of not attracting the right energy. And if you have expired condoms in your lingerie drawer, <laughs> cobwebs. Yeah. Oh, that's really good to know. Yeah, that's, that's it. Makes sense point. that too. Yeah, totally. And then whatever spiritually that you connect yourself to, what are your belief systems? Are you tapping into them? Mm-hmm. And and so of course self love is huge, and that plays a massive component to almost any individual's life mm-hmm. at this stage. And you've got to be okay with who you are. It doesn't matter if you're fat, skinny, short, tall, yeah. rich, poor. Doesn't matter. It just comes down to how you love and appreciate yourself. And if you worship yourself, date yourself, play with yourself, do whatever with yourself, (laughs) then you're going to love yourself more. And then you become that receptor to be able to bring someone in who loves themselves as well. And then when you when you have all of that, I really feel like you don't need anyone. You just want someone. I feel like that's personally for me, that's the most important thing is wanting someone in your life, not needing them. Definitely. It, it sends off a different energy and I think everything you're saying, if you have all of that, that self-love and you're opening your life up to somebody, then that just that shows that you mm-hmm. want, not need. Yeah, and also, you know, getting to the place where you're energetically prepared. You know, there are Mm -hmm. so many men and women out there that want, they have an idea, they have their list, but it's also important to be energetically prepared. Are you prepared for when they come in? Mm -hmm. Are you prepared to make room energetically for this person to come into your life? Right. Is there room in your closet? Is there room in your oh, mind? No. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta walk in. We're good. <laughs> you know, is the underwear good? You yeah. Know? Like, let's, <laughs> let, you know, it's like what needs to happen. You yeah. know, and and so sometimes we are in love with the idea of love mm. or the concept of it, but the reality is, we rather stay at home. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. and drink wine and watch Netflix. My oh, I like that. Was a fun <laughs> night. My, uh, my girlfriend's so many people, too. myself included. I loved having a night on my mm-hmm. own by myself. It's great to have a balance because, like, even tonight we're gonna go out and go have some drinks and stuff like that. And I don't do that very often now, mostly because you know, I want to save money and all that kind of stuff. But like, I thought tonight, no, I, I should go out. Like. 
Yeah. How many times have I sat and watched fucking Netflix yeah. this week? Like, well, my girlfriend's with out. me when I'm I'm rarely I was ever single, but when I know I, I when I am and I'm in a comment being like, you know, I want to meet I want to meet a good man. They're like, well, he better be a good climber because he's got to scale twenty six floors to ever see you because you yeah. don't leave your house. It's yeah. like, yeah, no, we better. Well, then I know he needs me. He wants me. <laughs> like he's really dedicated. But same with Megan too, and it kind of like the same idea of manifesting. The only time I ever grow and socialize really is work, and I feel mm-hmm. like that is probably like stunting maybe like my own development or I don't know. I just feel like it would be, how do I say it? Yeah. Like it would be putting the wrong energy and mm-hmm. attaching it to the wrong energy of what socializing is. If it's always work to me to socialize, if yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's gotta be fun. And the intention has to be, I'm going out. I'm going to have a great night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and you guys should go out. You're both looking really hot. Like, yeah, Thanks. We need to do a YouTube video with podcast. Yes. We just did for you, Maxie. We did. Of course. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, have a little bit of fun really quick here. Um, <coughs> I'm so sorry. <coughs> oh, yeah, get, get her out. <laughs> um, before we wrap things up, this has been a great interview. I could probably talk for like another oh hour. Gosh, I'm so intrigued. Um, I know, right? And ask so many questions. Um, so we're going to play Would You Rather with Maxine. We were a bit scared to do this because we weren't sure she'd want to answer our questions, but um, we're doing <laughs> we're gonna it. We're going to do it. We're doing um, it. So the first one. Would you rather, and okay, we just have to do a little disclaimer here. We are going to judge your answers, but not your face. So <laughs> once you leave, we'll talk shit about you. But um, be as honest as you will. Would you rather give or receive oral sex? Give. Really? Um, can we ask why? It's empowering, and I enjoy it. Boom. Well, Sally, she's not single, guys. <laughs> your man's at home being like, yeah she'd be giving head <laughs> I love it that's great okay so this is the gross one but I, I, always, I just always need to say this is Megan's question okay this is Megan's I had no part of it Danny doesn't like talking about poop I, I hate people talking about farting weird, and poop it makes me very uncomfortable and it's like a very normal occurrence for me so I have to talk about it she's regular <laughs> and I well I have IBS but um good yeah um so I just I, and I also think it tells a lot about a person if they can talk about poop. Um, would you rather eat a bathtub of poo or have a bird poop in your mouth once a day for the rest of your life? Ew. Right? But everyone Megan. sits this is there Megan. and thinks about it. This is a question that people so we actually... specify. It's a full bathtub of poo yeah. one time. Yeah, dude, one sitting. Have you taken breaks? No. One Neither. sitting. Neither. Sorry, oh. ladies. No. You have to do no, one. No, no, no. But what if that means then you just die? Die. <laughs> and you don't get to come back in a spiritual world. <laughs> <laughs> You're fully dead. Your energy dies too. <laughs> I will eat shit metaphorically, not physically. <laughs> okay. Well played. Fair enough. Well played. We'll let you that one. <laughs> so, would you rather leave a dirty voicemail on your parents' phone? Or send a dirty pic to your partner's parents. It's like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I know you when you're younger, like, what would you rather have done? So either your mom. No, or now even, because you've got a. I guess, yeah, you can. You got a man. So repeat. You can talk your mom's dog. So, so you either send a dirty pic to your yeah, guy's can, parents. Can I send it to my mom that's passed away? Or send, give a dirty voicemail to your mom that's passed okay, away. Okay, sure. if. if I'll, I'll say this. If she was alive, I could leave her a dirty voicemail. She was French-Canadian and very open sexually, so I would pick that one. Perfect. Awesome. I this like one's French-Canadian, too. Yeah. We're mm. dirty. 
Um, okay, would you rather walk in on your parents having sex? I guess like yeah, way back when, or have them walk in on you? Oh God! Both I know disgusting. both are disgusting. <laughs> Ew! Ew! Um, I saw my parents almost like trying to get it on, and that memory has stayed in my mind, and it was traumatizing. I fully saw my parents. Yuck! Like. Dad on top. Stop. <laughs> Sounds and everything. I look I good. I, I know my dad's Yuck. orgasm face. <laughs> I think uh, walking on them, as long as it wasn't too graphic, localized. Maybe if the blankets were all <laughs> Ew. Sick. <laughs> right? It's okay. okay. Last one. Would you rather be net be blah, 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 blah. would you rather never be able to climax with a partner or never be able to make a partner climax? Oh. They're tough questions. They're, they're thinkers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I need to climax, so that that's Yeah. You can still climax by yourself. You just can never come with a partner. Or not make your Him partner climax, yeah. yeah. Oh. I'd want to make him come. Let's well, start my life. So. <laughs> I like climax. I put it in there. You'd rather make him, yeah. Because then you can do as it as long by yourself, as I can I do it myself. Yeah, which yeah. would be devastating, but it would be devastating. You yeah. wouldn't have that yeah. connection. But it yeah. would also be devastating to know that you're not satisfying your partner. Mm-hmm. Oh I yeah, I'm, both would I'm suck. A ple- I'm a pleaser. It's so. an ego thing too, yeah. right? Like I remember I had a, mm-hmm. a guy I was seeing and we had sex like six times and he never came. And I was like, mm. and he's like, "Don't have sex again." I'm like, I honestly don't think like my ego can no. make having sex with you again when you don't come. There's nothing. Actually, very the better insulting. response to that is his ego couldn't take it. Oh, that was true. what the issue was. Okay, I'm going to call you next time when I need a clap. <laughs> <laughs> you can be my clap back person. All right, this has been an awesome interview. Thank you so much, Maxine. Yes, it's been great. You to come over again. Yes. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Thanks, thank you so much for having me. So that is it for the exes. Thank you for joining us. I'm Megan. And I'm Danny. And do us a favor and don't fuck your ex this weekend. <laughs> Bye. Bye.